ain't easy, but it's necessary. I be getting weary, cause shit be getting scary. But sit back, relax, and don't you dare worry. Cause I be hitting wrongs with a righteous fury. Yes, sir, see, I am the only one. My name is Josh Dunn, gonna have some fun. Telling the truth, y'all can't handle. I might raise a scandal as I dismantle. The fake make them quake and make them shake. I make you bend, but never will I make you break. Just chill, yo, and don't be frightened. Open that closed mind, it's time to get enlightened. Welcome once again, folks, to Gimpin' Ain't Easy, episode 7. Gimpin' Ain't Easy, cousin ain't. We're back here for you this week. This week, we're brought to you once again, and as always, by Cafe Sempoil, where it's been too hot for anyone to get mad. I started getting riled up at the Diderot book, but just fell asleep. This week's feature VHS is Dirty Dancing. Come pick it up and find out why your mom almost left your dad for Patrick Swayze in 1989, and why your dad did leave your mom for Patrick Swayze in 1989. Two dads are better than one, especially when one dad is Patrick Swayze. We're also brought to you, once again and as always this week, by Charlie's Club, where most shots are 275 on Tuesdays, and where some hipster hoople tried to tell me that most of rap being bad today was no different than how it's always been. <laughs> well, this week we're brought to you by that Hoople's MDMA brain that clearly doesn't remember anything before 1999. We're also brought to you this week by M&M's Brand Candy, where in this heat and my disappeared sliva, they melt in your hand, not in your mouth. Well, folks, for our first song of the evening here, as uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, Matt Grimson and Al Will as well, I've decided to include my absolute favorite Matt, Matthew Grimson song, at least that I've heard, and uh, it might be his most famous one. If not, it's up there. It's called Matthew Doesn't Live Here Anymore.
Well, this week's folks, apparently our microphones are too hot to work, but the humid X is about 49 degrees, so uh, we're just happy they're not melting. And this week for my topic of discussion, I'm actually going to talk about addiction. And in lieu of that, I have brought my manager and producer of this show, 1942, on to talk about his struggles with that. Now, as I as I recall, you're now in, uh, just past your first year off of alcohol. What has that meant to you? Um, well, uh, on a physical level, I lost a ton of weight, and um, I've replaced a lot of uh, the time that I'd spend drinking with uh, exercising. So I I feel so probably in the best shape of my life right now because I'm I'm old enough to know that I have to really work at it as opposed to when I was younger. I could just be in shape no matter what. So uh, that that part is that it means that to me. Uh, that's probably the biggest part, and also having mental clarity. So, in one sense, though, you've replaced the alcohol addiction with the exercise addiction. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll take that. I'd, I'd take it too. So yeah, you're 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 feeling better. You're spending less money. You've come to realize that you know your your abs aren't going to be naturally the way they are. Uh, that they were at 17 and they are at 35, so you've got to work at them now. And, yeah, so what? in the first place, do you, do you feel like you just went uh, too far down, down the rabbit hole of poor health? Um, I feel like I was, in terms of an Alice in Wonderland, where she starts falling down that rabbit hole, um, I sort of started going drifting down there, but luckily for me, I managed to like stop myself from hitting the bottom and then going farther as Allison does in the Alice in Wonderland. So I was very fortunate that I hit a certain bottom f- for me personally, but it, um, I'm glad I sort of caught myself when I did. Folks, he hit a, a, a trampoline bottom so he could bounce back up and not rock bottom, apparently. He, he stopped before it was too late is a little bit what he's saying. And um, so, but from what I understand, you were like totally straight edge as a kid, right? Um, so what, what kind of corrupted you? Was it the music business? Uh, yes. Uh, I think it just, yeah, it just became a slippery slope after a while where I uh, just, yeah, one, one or two, I would sort of half smoke. The thing is when you're touring, there's a lot of downtime and a lot of people smoke. So you just have coffees and you smoke cigarettes and then, you know, everyone, the alcohol's free every night. So, you know, as I started touring really hard, then it really sunk in that I was drinking too much. But it was it kind of built up from there. I think, I don't know, I remember having a beer one day when I was like 22. I think I didn't drink till I was like 22 years old. I didn't really do anything. And then I smoked a joint a few times and then started drinking. But I could drink very heavily and get away with it because I was, you know, young and in shape. That uh, high metabolism, I've uh, so and that was uh, for those for those fans of Gimpin who may not know um, when he's referring to Torin, uh, 1942 was at one point um, the drummer for Classified, and then I guess Classified decided he didn't want a drummer anymore. So uh, unfortunately, he's with me on a much more low budget thing, but I, I <laughs> considerably <laughs> zero dollars as opposed to thousands. Well, yeah. This is fun too. It's all fun. It's all art, and it's all you know. 
Right, it's right. It's all worth it on some level. I hope so. I hope it continues to be worth it as we keep doing this shit. Um, yeah, but like, I just imagine too, like being on being on tour and stuff. Like, you've got to be with people in the bus, and even when you are stopping in towns and not playing, like you can't you can't just go explore the town you're in, can you? Well, yeah, yeah, you, you can, can. But a lot of times, you're nothing against Sault Ste. Marie. For everyone that's in Sault Ste. Marie, I love Sault Ste. Marie, but it's not a it's not a huge place. But usually, that's where you're stopping. You're not, you know. Sometimes you do stop in Toronto. Uh, you can only go so far because you you only have a day off, and you're usually pretty tired. So you either want to visit friends or just relax. Right, and if you're tired and you know just sort of with like limited time and you got to go play, what what's there to do? You know, I'm I'm gonna have a drink. I'm gonna get stoned, maybe. Right. Well, yeah, that's basically what we would do all day. Would just like hang around, get stoned, and you know go to the mall or just walk around but uh yeah it's just it's just part of the touring and doing all that stuff really it, they go nicely together i i feel like now i could i could probably tour and not drink or or touch anything really i'm sure but uh i think old matt grimson was a pretty heavy drinker at least most of the time and and i gotta think that that's if it wasn't the primary cause, it had to have played at least some factor in, in an early death. I believe he was 50. I think he was 50, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We I went to his memorial last night, and it was it was amazing. Like, it was Aaron Costello and her partner Clive McNutt, and um, Joel Plaskett was playing drums, playing guitar, and the bass player from Sloan, I, I can't think of his name. That's, that's horrible. I, sh- I should know that. I believe it's Chris something. Right, I, I'm sorry, Sloan. I I should know his name. Sorry, Sloan, that we're not as big fans of you as, as we should be. But yeah, I'm hey. I'm huge fans of bands, and I don't know the band members' names, so it's nothing nothing personal to them. But, yeah, so even if I were a fan, no. Yeah, but um, no, his uh, and I've gone back and listened to his music. I remember he opened for us uh, when we were down at the Blue Moon downstairs, and he opened for the Caravan, and it's such a weird juxtaposition because we're like a live hip-hop group and Matt had just had his keyboard and I watched his whole set from the back and I was facing him and the whole time I'm like what is this like what is this is this like totally brilliant or is it absolutely bonkers you know is like what I couldn't but normally I wouldn't be a so lot, engaged a lot from column A and a little from column B perhaps man he it was I was shocked afterwards and I you know I, and then I got to, I've met him a few times and I remember the day that he rem- remembered me like because we'd he'd always say hi to me in passing and it was very nice but it would be at parties and things like that and then I remember being at Cafe Saint-Paul one day and he's like Mark I was like oh Matt hey what's going on I was, I've, I've never been more happy in some ways for someone to remember me he just had that that aura about him you know I really wanted him to sort of recognize me as a person and to get into his uh universe that he was in because it seems so rich yeah I'd, I'd taken some time and um yeah he was a really great songwriter you know um i didn't i saw him live a couple of times not not too often but you know since his passing i i took some time to listen to some songs and previously i'd already been familiar with uh matthew doesn't live here anymore and unfortunately mm-hmm. that's not on youtube so somebody should try to get that up there if that's possible um but uh that, that's my favorite but uh yeah, like I wanted to say that I, I think, he, you know, the excess drinking probably 
unfortunately did play a factor so that you know that makes yeah, me think I, about myself sure i i don't know i mean if it if it was then it certainly makes me i mean you know it's like i'm it makes me realize i made the right decision to sort of take a break from it when i did and uh, yeah my condolences to matt's friends and his family i i'm dealing with a lot of death in my life too so it's uh yeah yeah, it's been it's been all around me the last couple of years. I mean, I guess my um, my grandfather died uh, three years ago, but he you know he was ninety four, right? So you can't particularly call that tragic, you know. No. That's just natural cycle of life shit. But uh, yeah, cer- certainly my my condolences to uh, all who loved him, and I I wanted to share um, how I kind of I'd first probably seen him at Charlie's, you know, didn't even know he was a musician, right? And he was kind of. Like he he was hammered and he was t- and I, I mean I was hammered too but not not as that you know hmm. he was kind of talking to things that weren't there at least not to the naked eye but I I don't think I don't think he was delusional per se I think he actually was literally on a different plane of existence right but then um, and then I was like oh, I just don't know if I can handle this cat because it's just he's not making sense to me and it's like too dark but then. I saw him when he when he wasn't drinking, and I was like, Jesus, what a sweet guy! And he actually uh, he came to my a uh, couple of my shows, and in particular, I remember one of the Grant shows, and I started uh, losing it during one of my poems, crying in that, uh, just caught up in the moment. And he was like one of the first people to say, you know, we're here with you, and he was just he was just trying to help me, man, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, that I think that really spoke to the kind of fellow he was, you know, and uh, you know never got real real close to him, but I just felt like he was just a sweet guy that was uh, coming. Uh, for, with a whole lot of heart and soul and, and whatever happened to him, you know, that the things, things got bad for him. I almost feel like it's more like, um, the bad things in life really take their toll on a good and sensitive person. Yeah, they certainly can. I mean, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm at risk of that, uh, myself. So I think I'd just like to remind myself and everybody out there, just, um, just be mindful about both your thoughts and and your body and you know what and your mind and and your soul and what you're what you're doing and fuck life is fucking hard man like i know i'm not trying to say it's easy but you know try to try to see the silver lining in every dark cloud for for the lack of a uh, a much better analogy hmm. yeah yeah man Keep working, make every day a little bit better. That's right, step step by step, right? Yeah, you can't really control a lot of... That was one of the, actually the things that I thought about. It was like, what can I control in my life? I can't control people in my life passing away. My mom passed away, I can't control that. I can't control not drumming for classified anymore, you know? I can't control it. What can I control? I can control whether I drink alcohol or not. I can control whether or not I want to spend all this money on cigarettes and go out every other night and get hammered and then eat donairs and then sit on my couch all day, you know, and not do anything and then put on like 60 extra pounds of just like pure beer gut. Um, yeah. But then I can choose not. I can control all that stuff. Right. So I, I focused on that. That belly is under my control. Man, it, it was under control of me. It was yeah. it had its it had its own um, 
uh, moon system orbiting around it. He killed the belly. I I, uh, I started a couple of years. I didn't get a big one, but just a bit. I started a couple of years ago. Started doing crunches, and I do have abs like uh, when I was seventeen again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I all, all I wanted to say around this. Unless you had anything else to add. No, no, I I have uh, I don't know anything. <laughs> and I know even less than that, folks. But uh, I think our takeaway from this is, you know, step by step, one day at a time. And and remember, man, like you're you're somebody. You're fucking worth it. Well, folks, uh, for Al Tuck's song, we would have wanted to guess his. Uh, this Earth is Flat song, but unfortunately that wasn't available to us. And since we were practically face down in our drinks, we're going to play Al Tuck's Face Down on the Page. And uh, just in case you listeners are wondering out there, we got both these songs from record recordings, so they'd sound extra good for you. Everything sounds better on vinyl.
Well, folks, welcome. I'm here with my guest here for episode, lucky episode number seven. I'm here with my pal, Alphonse Tuck. Are you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> I'll get in there. Getting there, that's better than uh, giving up all hope altogether. So, uh, as I... As I often like to start off these interviews, tell me about uh, the early Tuck and PEI. And I, I know something about that. I know that your dad was a, a minister, and I, I believe Anglican. That's that? right, yeah. Anglican minister. Uh, Canon Robert Tuck. He was well-known also as a historian, author, and a cartoonist. That's right, I was going to get into that. But what what was that like growing up with the minister in uh household? I don't know. I never grew up grew up without a minister. Uh, so I wouldn't know what to compare it to. Nothing to compare I, it to. It was just it was just childhood. It had its uh pros and cons. Uh Yeah, it was people would come at you with a bit of a stigma or whatever, you know, preacher's kid, whatever, apologize for swearing. And, oh jeez. So, made you want to sort of just get get with it and see him. You know, not too uh, uptight. Right? Yeah. Yeah, pious in a way that's no fun. I say, fuck that. Um, <laughs> do you think Do you think him uh, him being a cartoonist uh, influenced uh, y- your own creativity at all? Well, uh, <clears throat> he did let me fill in as a cartoonist a couple times when he was away. But uh, I don't know. I drew a lot. It's a different thing. I drew before I started smoking, and uh, I've only, since then I've only drawn during the three weeks I quit smoking. I went back to it because it would relax my mind uh, the way I used to before I started smoking and playing music. That's a that's a funny thing, you know. We were talking about addictions earlier, and 1942 has changed his from uh, drinking to to exercise, but uh, smoking instead of drawing. And I just I find that because I'd expect that that would hurt someone's singing voice, perhaps, but it's almost like it hurt your drawing fingers somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like like it did. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during your early days, it was maybe a little bit of a secret. Did you uh, sing in a boys' choir? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, why does that always come up, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was okay until they got me to sing the national anthem before a hockey game, Junior A Championship. And uh, then the, the uh, cat was out of the bag, you know, the j- jig was up. My friends at school knew, you know, that I, I did this. I sang uh, the national anthem, you know. So, fortunately, we left town uh, the next year, and I didn't. I could start fresh down down to Georgetown with no singing. The ostracization was short-lived. Uh, it's a shame being picked on for being such a patriot. <laughs> yeah, well... One of the Summerside players, when he's leaving, saw me there. He's carrying his bag out the front door, and he said, Buddy, you can sing your song at any one of our games. <laughs> Summerside beat Charlottetown, right? The Chrys- there you go. Crystals took it, and he thought it was my song. Right. Oh, I'm glad it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he thought the national anthem was your song. <laughs> well, 
or you were singing. He called it my song. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. He'd sing your sing your song at any of our games. He said. So that made me feel all right. Do you think that just singing the choir influenced you singing later? The stuff you're doing nowadays, or oh, it had to have. Yeah, or you know, you learned to sing in pitch somewhat, and uh, we did more reading. I never really became a reader or continued with that after, but uh, you know, it was musical training, and uh, also gave gave me a taste for the, an audience. Uh, we'd go on tour through Maine and once to Bermuda. And, Bermuda and uh, played to a full house at the Cone, Rebecca Cohen here in Halifax. And I was I'm not sure how old. I just been promoted to solos, so it got me to sing "Morning Has Broken," the Cat Stevens hit. Hit. Wow! So I sang solo to Full House at the Cone once, and then it happened again uh, once. <laughs> uh, oh, many like, years later. Yeah, yeah two thousand one or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and that's it. Oh, no, there was another one time once, too. Three times. Hat trick at the Cohen. <laughs> yes. Be the next next live album at the Cohen, Cohen or something like that. Uh, was there, and I know you played some baseball, too. Uh, how serious did that get? Was that almost the chance of being a, having a career? <laughs> no, I never had a chance. Uh, it was going all right in Summerside. I remember hitting a triple in the final game uh, uh, in the organized ball down at Summerside before we moved to Charlottetown. And then in Charlottetown, there was right uh, clicky. And I sat on in the dugout the whole game. I don't think they gave me one at bat. And he's, because <laughs> I just arrived from Summerside, right? They don't know what to, what to do about that. So I never really had a chance, you know, and I wasn't going to ha- hang around too long, quit that. And then played pickup ball, and then the same thing in Georgetown. There weren't enough guys my age to field a, an organized team. I was either always too old, or too young, and they let me umpire once at an organized game. But we played every every day baseball. Yeah. Right, and uh, but I can see that being a, a shame. You finally get shipped away a little bit where you can play, and and they're just uh, benching you the whole time, you know. Uh, so I think I think I could see uh, music being uh, more appealing because uh, even if it ain't successful, you know, it, at least if you're the lead singer of your own band, you can't really be benched then, right? <laughs> no, I guess not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> No, I think I would uh, I would choose singing, although uh, the world might not appreciate if I did over over playing baseball. I think I could pull that the the former off a bit better. And uh, I'm curious because uh, I've been wanting to know this for quite some time. Why is the Earth flat? <laughs> why is it flat? Mm. Or how how is it flat? If that's better. <laughs> okay. Don't you think it's a little early in the interview for this? I don't know. You want to talk about something? You want to? It's hard to go back once you go flat. Once you go flat, you never go back. <laughs> never go back. Never go back. Jesus, well, we better stay in the third dimension then, I guess. And uh, I think the next question was, have have you gone crazy? <laughs> but uh, and and from the sounds of that, and yeah, we we went to another dimension. So uh, both both interviewer and interviewee have gone absolutely bonkers. Um, 
So I know you did uh, you did the Matt Grimson show uh, last night, and I was sad to uh, to not make it myself, unfortunately. But um, I remember um, I think that was the whole reason for you coming to town, or the the main one, right? This this go round. So how how did you feel about that show? I I couldn't have felt it any better. I think everybody in the room agree agrees. You know, it was a just a magical uh, event. Matthew, uh, his uh, various communities uh, match up well, nicely together, you know, and uh, uh, his music, uh, you know, just a tip of the iceberg, what got heard, but uh, uh, such fabulous songs and and such a, yeah, just such a strong feeling of his presence uh, throughout, you know, it was, a, it was an amazing night. Yeah, he, he touched a lot of people, I think, and what a wide, like, you have, like, something like close to a thousand songs or something like that. It was quite an extensive catalog. Um, I know this uh, this is sort of uh, impossible for me to do because I'm not a musician at all, of course, but um, I was going to say, if if you could, uh, how, how would you define him as a musician? What would you say his music's meant? Multifaceted, uh, he, he could uh, do different things. Uh, he had his piano thing. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I've just been attacked by the microphone, folks. Oh, my goodness. Can you just ask him that question again, Josh? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um, so, sorry. You're just hitting the bottom of the mic stand there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I am? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. What with my foot? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Just be just be aware of that. All right. Because it's uh because it's like just you can hear it in the mic. I see. Okay. She's tight. So <laughs> so just the whole the whole. Let's come about um, just from where I interrupted you. I think you. Asked okay. About yeah. Yeah. So so yeah. How how would you say how would you define Matt as a musician and what his uh, music meant to others perhaps? Well, he's so uh, multifaceted. Uh, he could do different, uh, things, you know, he, uh, had the keyboard, uh, routine there, sort of a la Randy Newman, Warren Zevon, and, uh, <clears throat> that was one thing, uh, or he could, uh, just completely rock out on, uh, electric guitar and, and, uh, deliver, you know, a rock and roll abandon that way, and, uh, with his songwriting being so liter literarily informed, you know, uh, that's that that was a whole other dimension. The lyrics, uh, you know, just could contain anything, and uh, so uh, I mean, uh, <clears throat> he maybe struggled to find a large audience, but uh, uh, it seems like he's found one now. Yeah. No, I th I think that's right. I think there's uh, uh, tremendous dexterity there. You know, not not limited uh, in any way. Um, quite a quite a wide breadth of of where you could go. And um, yeah, like you couldn't say like I don't think you could classify him as like one one genre of music. And uh, like I think you you spent a fair bit of time with him. How how would you how would you describe him as a friend? Oh, the best, you know, uh, just the right attitude, mostly, uh, and he could, he could be, uh, obviously very wrapped up in his own madness, 
and uh, verbalizing the, uh, this in a constant stream of, of uh, you know, comical word exploration. But uh, then you'd realize, and you'd think, or you might even be so drunk you don't think you could say his name. But the next day, you know, he, he would uh, indicate somehow that he had noticed some, something that was happening, you know. He was aware, you know. He kind of like, he was, he was aware even when he seemed uh, very tied up in his, his own thinking, you know. But he was very aware and empathetic uh, to others. And uh, he incorporated them into his, his thing, right, in a, in a very... Uh, graceful way i'd say yeah i i'd have to agree like i i think i first encountered matt didn't even know he's a musician at at charlie's and he was just sort of one it, it seemed like you know he was in another dimension or something almost uh talking to i guess i would say demons it sounds pretty crazy but um then and i kind of geez i just don't know about this cat right didn't know anything about him or whatever like that but then uh then i saw him um, when he was sober and it was just like, oh, wow, what a nice guy. And then he like actually came to a couple of my shows and uh, like I was doing a rather uh, heartfelt poem and started to lose my emotions crying. And he, he was the first guy to say, you know, we're all here supporting you and all that stuff. And he uh, that's I think he was, uh, you know, probably generous to a fault. And, and I think that's kind of um, like the way I'd some of is how I see him like a, kind of a good person. uh it's sort of uh, ruined by the world, you know. The the pain is just too much. Like, do you think like demise or something? Like, did he was the was the drinking? Do you think part of that, or did that factor in at all? Is that anything to do with it? I really don't know. Um, I hadn't been knowing him um, toward the end, and uh, I'm not sure what uh, happened. Uh, really don't know. I haven't uh, heard enough, I don't think. Yeah, know. yeah, and it's a funny thing, you know, like I was talking to him with 1942 in the intro, just sort of talking about addiction in general, and, you know, here we are in Bibin, you know, ourselves as as we're doing this interview, and uh, I just want to, like, do you think just the lifestyle, just, you know, being an artist, a performer in general, uh, uh, lends itself to that, and is is that potentially problematic in any way? Uh, I don't know. Like he had cleaned up basically the theme of uh, the last while. If you heard news of Matthew, was he was like it blew everybody's mind when he quit smoking. Uh, that seemed uh, like a surprise, uh, and he kept quit quitting smoking. And uh, yeah, the basic theme was he was sort of playing it straighter. Yeah, he was getting it together. I, I was meaning like more like us or like anybody <laughs> say, you know. That's kind well, of, you know. I think if you can handle everything, uh, alcohol is good for you. It's kept, I, tre- I credit it to keeping me alive. Uh, it, kill, it kills things, you know, like uh, along, you know, with some grapefruit juice too. And, uh, right, as long uh, as you get co- your citrus. Coffee. Um, no water. Like, there's so much propaganda to drink water and hydrate. It's bullshit. Like, that shit is suspect. There's, but they use good water in all these other beverages. But uh, grapefruit juice is the shit. Whiskey. <clears throat> this is all good. 
I, I love that you've uh, come out in such a strong stance against water. That uh, entertains me in a lot of ways because I drink a lot of water. Maybe, maybe is, is water the reason why I'm sad most of the time? I prescribe less water and you will see how it goes. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, dry, dry my tears because I'm uh, too dehydrated to cry. I like it. Um, grapefruit juice too, I'll remember that one. It, it contradicts a lot of people's prescriptions, though. Yeah, that's right. It interacts with a lot of pills, doesn't it? <laughs> so uh, they don't want it. You can't find it anyway uh, in any truck stop or uh, convenience store. It's only sold in the grocery stores. It's uh, the best thing any for, for ev almost everybody, I would think, would be just packing the most health. Who, who, who do you think is behind uh, the, the lack of grapefruit juice availability? Is, is there any... Who's behind it? Yeah. Is, is, is anybody pulling those strings there to keep the grapefruit juice from the people? It would be fascinating to know how, just how they did, did that. Yeah, that's right. Whoever they, the, the, it might be, I can't pretend to say. But. First the electric car and now grapefruit juice. <laughs> The powers that be are keeping those things uh, from us, I guess. Uh, so, <laughs> with that in mind, um, do you think uh, you may have gone uh, potentially too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole? Or is this the fact that uh, folks just aren't aware of the truth or truths? <laughs> well, I may have gone <coughs> too far, but uh, it's kind of like yeah, the mother of uh, all these, uh, but but really, it's not in the realm of theory. Um, the globular attitude is based on mathematical theory, theory, which is free to depart from physical reality. All the the proofs that exist um, are on the side of. Uh, uh, flat and uh, it's been you know there's so many of them and with the globular uh, side coming in with as prov proves of uh, round earth all all that they have to offer is cartoons uh, co photo composites right they, they admit it on the website uh NASA, you know, that these are not actual photographs. They can't be, because that's not how it is. It's just not capable of... Huh. And what would be... Uh, or do you think the reasoning behind uh, try trying to convince the people that the Earth is shaped otherwise? Sorry? That the, well, what, what, what's the reason they're trying to... Uh, convince us that the the world is indeed round. What's what's the motivation there? Well, it's a practical joke, obviously. You know, like a <laughs> just a joke. Like they're not trying to like do nothing to us, but they're like just just laughing. <laughs> just laughing. Yeah, our uh, farming. You know, it's a it's a farm, and <clears throat> you can't have aliens invading if you don't have a, a basic acceptance of outer space. And maybe that's what they're leading up to, but it's uh, it's basically to make us less uh, 
have less worth because if we're part of like a an accident in one miniature corner of a vast universe that just sort of happened uh then they can sort of make what they want out of the the people who are there if they could sell that to but the flat earth model actually you know it lends great uh significance and uh potential dignity to to what what creation human you know uh, creation is so there's a bunch of reasons for it you, they get 50 million dollars every day to make a few cartoons that's a, there's another good reason yeah <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd convince everybody the earth is a triangle for 50 million a day I'd come up with some more foolish stuff besides that, you know. <laughs> 50 million, I mean. Well, then, uh, then I mean, per day, like, wow. That's, uh, I'd, actually, I'd reject that amount of money because I think $50 million a day would, uh, would be very bad for inflation. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this is, um, this is some very good, uh, strange stuff. I like it. Um, what are you uh, What are you working on right now? Do you have another album in the works? I'm or? working on my Flat Earth. Uh, flat Earth album? Uh, it'll have uh, <laughs> the map of the Flat Earth on the vinyl if I can get them to <laughs> do that. And a uh, picture of the North Star Polaris. Uh, I think my buddy uh, Michael uh, is going to take one of those, a picture for the cover. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'll call it, I was going to call it A Million Cloudless Nights, but uh, I've changed my mind to that, and that is that. <laughs> that is that. The, the track, main track being This World is Flat. <laughs> but there's uh, other stuff on there, too, for non-flat earthers. Uh, uh, you know, most of the songs were written before I realized uh, anything uh, about that, so. Yeah, but it all takes place on a flat Earth. Every song, nevertheless, whether I knew it or not, whether you knew it or not, or the rest of us. And that's, I mean, uh, uh, I'm personally not a flat Earther, but that's only because I really don't know that much about it. You know what I mean? So I'm not. I uh, I I don't know. You know, it's one of those things that I'd have to do more more looking. I think. Okay, well, we can talk, but I don't want to be the poster boy. No, you want to get some uh, some sponsorship money for that at least. Uh, I think the Flat Earthers Fund might be uh, $50 a day as opposed to, to $50 million, but uh, sometimes that's uh, the sacrifice you got to make for the truth, eh? Well, yeah, I'm not looking for anything. Nope. Not... I got to remember that when I get down about like lack of success and things of that nature. It's just like... Fuck it, I'm still doing it, right? Is that is that all that matters in the end, do you think? Well, I don't know if it's all, but I'm sure glad you are, Josh. That, like you're, uh, you're, uh, you're doing a good job of this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, what's his number? Uh, oh, 1942. 1942 is. Uh, you're a good team. Yeah, uh, without him, I wouldn't be able to do this. It would be, it would be just in my webcam, and that probably wouldn't be working. So, uh, so it wouldn't work. It would sound terrible. And uh, yeah, I probably actually would have never started if you didn't suggest it. So, you know, that's uh, so a big hand in 1942. But he likes to stay behind the scenes and uh, 
and uh, you know, it doesn't like. He goes, he blushes when when you compliment him like that. I notice. Well, he's pretty tanned already. Yeah, yeah. All four cheeks. Jesus, this is supposed to be a family show, brother. Pull your pants up. Terrible. Um, So while we're on the subject of very foolish things, uh, what did you ever, you know? have success and and gain any funds from that uh, copyright attempt on folks tuning their guitar? <laughs> yeah, well, that's just a gag, but uh, maybe I should try it. I don't know. It's worth a shot, right? Uh, so I'm surprised nobody else has picked up on it. Usually when you patent something good, you know, there's a, uh, sharks in the water, you know, and they come up and gobble it up, but... Uh, I've been saying that on stage for uh, quite a while, and nobody's really seized upon the idea. I think it's one of those things that folks might uh, fear it's too outlandish to even try. But on the other hand, like if it's if it's uh, if it's that outlandish, there's also nothing to lose, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but the problem with that was because, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain without the guitar, but uh, came up with a little tune that. It basically sounds like someone tuning their uh, guitar. And uh, so I was thinking, <clears throat> well, if I copyrighted that, then I, I'd get paid every time somebody did that, if it was observed. Right. So I would have to go around. I, Gordy was willing to be my kind of SoCan agent <laughs> and go around busting people. We heard somebody tuning on a stage and, at the ship in St. John's. And man, it sounded just like my song. <laughs> so, we, you know, this is the thug side of SoCan, right? Like, yeah. I like them because they find, you know, a certain number of cents <laughs> to send to me. But uh, then there's the other side, you know, that's tricky with venues and things like this. Yeah, they got to give a certain amount to them or something. Or... Yeah. But uh, in this scenario, the people I would be uh, hurting would be other musicians, the very people who've been the best to me. Yeah, yeah, folks in in the same boat (laughs) as you, right? So they've been very good to me. Yeah. Sometimes working with no pay. Right. And now I would come after them just because they tune their guitar and ask for money. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Funny idea, though. Yeah. It's too bad you couldn't, uh, I don't know, follow uh, follow Steve Earle around or something. <laughs> I figure he, he could, uh, he could he's, he's not the, the best example, but I'm thinking about someone who's uh, real wealthy, you know? <laughs> they could afford their royalties. Well, they have tuners. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Use tuners or, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. So we have another. Are, how is your glass looking there, Joel? Joel, jo- Josh. <laughs> my glass isn't looking as good as yours. If you don't remember my name, that's for goddamn sure. Uh, we 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 do need another, but I'm I'm gonna finish. This is my third podcast today, Josh. Uh, I'm g- yeah, yeah. What a horrible uh, work rate we've got here. How drunk are we getting for the people? This is very professional. I love this. Um, so I'm gonna ask some serious questions now, uh, just to finish off. Um, is is there a is there a thesis uh, or point or even points I guess 
something you're trying to accomplish with uh, your music in in general? Is is there a, is there a goal? Yes. Okay. Counter uh, conditioning. Count like anti propaganda. Counter unconditioning. Unwash the brains. Repeated efforts to to uh, reverse the listener's thinking. Uh, certainly. Uh, not a snowball's chance in hell of of uh, you know overriding a lifetime of repeated incantations. You know, not a chance. But I'm doing. I'm just you know do what I can. Right. It's kind of like you got to do it anyway and just pull a Sisyphus, right? You know. Sisyphus and keep keep pulling that boulder up and you get there but you're you're starting from the bottom again the next morning yeah jeez we're 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 really getting gone here i think folks from it i can't even get another can't even get another yeah hey somebody out there help i'm making folks keep listening i'm making it wait about four minutes for a drink here um so um with all of this in mind, how how would you like to be remembered? Remembered? Or do you care? Oh, of course I'd like to be remembered. How how though? How would you like to be remembered? Any old way. And it doesn't doesn't matter. Just you like they, the fact they remember your period is good enough. I'd like to be remembered uh, you know, by my uh my children, really. I'd like to be remembered fondly by them, you know. Uh, I'd like to be remembered for my... Uh, thank you. Uh, He's been served. <laughs> for my uh, tunes, you know, and all that. I'd like to be remembered... Uh, we can edit these big holes maybe <laughs> usually i don't want the holes cut out but uh this time maybe like like, like to be rem- remembered for the things you can't remember that was kind of like the answer i failed to find, find yeah. there Josh. yeah yeah that's all right i'll fill the holes in i'm not doing the editing on this so i would like yeah if enough people remember things that i can't uh, then uh i'd be happy and um, just because you brought it up, because I, I forgot to, uh, how are uh, Isabel and I from doing? Are you and doing you're, great. And you're getting along cool with them and everything? And Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's quite the little uh, scene, you know. These are, the, these are great kids. I'm twice lucky and very blessed, you know. They, uh, they just have the right attitude. And do they spend any time together or...? Occasionally, yeah, and that's the sweetest. Yeah, because I'd imagine there's, uh, what, about 10 years between them or something? Mm-hmm. So, Isabel's great with Ivan, you know? She yeah. Can, she can pick him up. She's big, right? And he's big for his age, Yeah, too. but, yeah. But, uh, you know, just a lot of blue eyes uh, going around, and <laughs> it's uh, they're fun. You know, they're both fun. Blue eyes and wide smiles. Yep. Sounds like... Uh, Quite, quite the life. And speaking of life, just like I ask everybody, uh, what do you think the meaning of life is? Oh, the meaning. Um, well, 
don't know about the meaning, but the key might be timing, you know, good timing. Good timing is everything. Well, is there any, and uh, I want to thank you very much for doing this. Is, is, is there anything at all you'd like to add? Uh, four plus, plus three is seven. And this is episode number seven. There we go. He's on point with the episode, folks. He's been Al Tuck. I've been Josh Dunn. Thanks to 1942 for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we'll keep going after this. Gimpin' ain't easy. Episode 7. Folks, remember, you are the greatest of all time. Look yourselves in the mirror. Give yourselves that Ric Flair. Woo! Because you are the greatest of all time. I know I am. Thanks for listening. That was pretty wild.